Thanks for joining us for the Portland Police Bureau's Talking Beat. This is Public Information Officer Sergeant Kevin Allen. Today on the Talking Beat, Terry Wallow-Strauss of our Strategic Communications Unit has a conversation about recruitment and hiring with Chief Chuck Lavelle and PPB's Recruitment Sergeant Trevor Tyler. We receive a lot of questions about our recruitment and hiring efforts and our plans to build the Bureau back up in regard to staffing. We hope this provides some good information. Enjoy the show. I'm glad you both are here today because I think you both bring a lot of knowledge. Um, Trevor, did you know that the chief was the first recruitment sergeant and the last, right? Yeah, the only, the only. (laughs) I love it. It's like big shoes to fill. So um, let's recap for our listeners who may not be um, in the weeds of our staffing like we are. The Bureau lost about 170 sworn members since July 2020, and that was due to retirements and resignations. So I'm not going to put an exact number on it because it changes almost every day. But right now we're in the upper 700s, and that's total sworn staff. So it's important to remember that's not officers. That's from the chief on down through all our ranks. And then we have a considerable amount of officers who haven't been trained and are waiting to go on patrol. And so we'll round up and say we have about 100 vacancies right now, and more retirements are expected this summer. So, Chief, after that little history, I don't want to spend too much time looking back, but I want to sort of clear up, you know, how we got here and um, what's changed in our hiring and where we're going. Well, we always had um, vacancies. Uh, We've had those for some time. But when we took uh, the budget cut in 2020, we essentially lost the money that we would uh, used to hire people. We knew we weren't going to have the, the budget to bring people on board. And one of the moves we made at that time was to uh, lay off some of our background folks because we knew we weren't going to be uh, hiring and we weren't going to need as many as we had in the, in the past. So that um, is something that set us back a little bit on hiring. And now we're in the process of hiring new backgrounders to kind of fill that void. Um, but we did have a recent city council vote um, that was a 5-0 vote, which is really a big deal um, on a package that included uh, more resources for police. So I'm very happy about that. And now we're looking at ways where we can bring people on board, get them trained through DPSST. Uh, we've got the retire rehire program restarting to maybe bring back some folks who would otherwise be retiring. So I think those are the things we're looking at in the future. But um, I, I think for us really having uh, a fully functioning personnel unit with a great sergeant like Trevor and, and fully staffed on backgrounders is going to be a big boost to our efforts. And that brings me to you, Trevor. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> nice lead in chief. So you walked into this, you know, with a big assignment. What did you start doing first? Uh, well, I think the first thing was just kind of take an assessment of where we were at, right? Um, to be able to start moving forward as opposed to start jumping, you want to kind of have vision of where we want to go. And I think all of us want to get back to a place where we're fully staffed and on a regular basis, every shift at every precinct has got the resources that they need for the mission that's in front of them. So taking kind of an assessment of where all the precincts were at and uh, what we could do in our office to be able to start helping bolster those precinct uh, assignments was Definitely kind of priority number one. We have actually been in this spot before. We Maybe we haven't been as low staffing as we have. Our numbers are the lowest they have been in like the last 30 years. 
But we've been in places where we've had these groups that are all hired around the same time, and then they retire at the same time. And we have, I'm old enough to remember, where we tried to hire 80 people in a short amount of time. So it's not unheard of. Yeah, Um, Op80 is quoted quite often right now, right? Is that's kind of the mission before us. And because it has been accomplished before, there is a lot of optimism in our office that we're going to be able to accomplish that mission again. So how do you recruit in a pandemic? Yeah, uh, it is definitely nuanced. Um, I think that we are going to be taking advantage of a lot of the social media platforms that we have in the past historically, but then we need to go to the places where we know that we have a high likelihood of success. Uh, Colleges, uh, military places, the people that are looking for the next step in their life. And we want one of those next steps for them to be an opportunity in the Portland Police Bureau. People that have an enthusiasm to serve, people that are eager to get an experience that is unlike anything else that they will ever experience. And that's what they can find here. That leads me to ask you, Chief, who's your ideal candidate? You know, I think you know, Trevor mentioned an important word, and it, it's serve and service. I think really we want people that want to come serve uh, the community of Portland, the city of Portland. And I think coming to this work and thinking about the service piece is key. And we have an enforcement role, that's for sure. But there's a service component to it that's very important. And I think right now the important message for, for folks is this is a uh, you know, not the easiest time to come into this profession, but it might be one of the most important times to be in this profession because there's a lot of change um, occurring now and on the horizon. And we want people who are committed to, you know, to being flexible, uh, seeing that change, being part of that change, the change that they want to see in policing and in the community. So give me your sales pitch, Trevor. Um, Well, I'll tell you what. There's a great novel that I think every one of us was assigned to read in high school called The Tale of Two Cities. And in that, we learned that it was the best of times and it was the worst of times. <laughs> and I think within the Portland Police Bureau, it's always going to be the best of times and the worst of times. It's the best of times because I get to come to work every single day and be around people that are committed and on point and on mission with me. It's the worst of times right now because I think historically in America, it's a really difficult time to be a police officer. I think the best thing that we can do to people that are coming into this profession is let them know, heads up, it's a hard time to be a police officer, but it's still an absolute worthy profession and you will find a depth and uh a resiliency that is never going to be found anywhere else. And just like the chief said, this is our moment. What do you want your life to be about? Do you want your life to be about dollars or do you want your life to be about making change? And I think that this change that we can be a part of right now is going to be so meaningful and impactful for the city for years to come that this is going to be, they're going to talk about in books one day in a history book, they're going to talk about how this was a moment where the Portland Police Bureau could kind of paint what the next chapter was be, was about. And I'm excited to, to, to read that chapter. And I want to be a part of making that chapter happen. No, that, that's awesome. I think, you know, to, to really piggyback on what Trevor said, I mean, this is an important time. I think you, people want to do work that matters. And I think that's important to a lot of people. And I think probably at no time in my, you know, 20 years in Portland and the police bureau, is there a time where I think it matters more than now? I think that there's an opportunity for us to, to take some, some good steps forward as a city. And I think if we, if we get 
the right people on board and we have the right attitude and we commit to it in a, a collaborative way with our partners and with other uh, city officials, we can really make a difference for the city. So I think, you know, right now is an important of a time as I can remember. Okay. Well, not to be negative Nelly here, but um, so tell me about some of the barriers and how you're, tell me about how you're going to overcome some of the barriers. How about that? Sure. I think honesty is the best way forward. I think that uh, right now, just like the chief talked about, we've got a city council now that is showing their support. However, I think it's important for our members to recognize that Rome wasn't built in a day and these changes, although they are important and necessary, they are going to take a little bit of time. I equate it to there's now funding for us, right? And if we're trying to go and buy a pair of shoes, we don't get to just go into a store and purchase the pair of shoes. We now have the funding for more officers, but we are going, it is going to take time to be able to hire train, equip, and get them out to the street. I think it's important for our members to know that we still have here, that there is help coming. It's just going to take a little while to develop that help. And they're going to they're going to play a necessary role in helping develop those officers that are going to be coming and staffing the street. Yeah. Uh, well, you open the door to training there. I don't know which one of you wants to talk about that. But again, you know, I don't think people are in the weeds and really understand how long our training process is and what's involved. You want to talk about that, Chief? Yeah, I, I think starting out for folks, you know, the, the first step for uh, just about all the officers coming into this profession is a stop at DPSST down in Salem to get their basic training done. And um, as DPSST has their, you know, staffing issues, budget issues, and they have to accommodate the whole state, um, they're really seeing some pressure on uh, having classes, uh, rolling out full classes to get uh, folks in and through the academy. So we're working really closely with them to make sure the people we hire can get into and through the academy in a timely manner. And I think, you know, after that's over, there's still that 18-month probation, too, that we have to get people through. Uh, we have to have the right amount of coaches. We have to have the right staffing at our training division to provide uh, advanced academy training and such. So uh, it's definitely a, a long haul to get someone from the time they apply to the time they're off probation and a, a you know, fully functional Portland police officer. If I'm listening to this and I'm a candidate, what do I do? Let's just cut to the chase. Yep. Uh, right now, what, one of the things that we want to make available, right, is just kind of that, that number one interfacing portal that we have. Uh, good news is, is that once you've gotten through that interfacing portal and have actually filled out the application, we're hopeful that we're going to be able to uh, reach out and actually have one of our uh, recruiters talk to you very soon so that you're not waiting indefinitely. You're actually having that personal contact and that personal touch that we're going to bring. And that's what's going to set us apart is that you're not just going to come and be a number. You're going to come and you're going to be a part of the, of the Bureau family. That's the hope. And with these new background investigators that we've got, I think that's going to be a reality is that we're actually going to be able to have the staffing that is necessary to be able to, in a timely manner, vet all of these new applicants, of which we are still getting many, uh, in a quicker fashion, which will be great because that will then matriculate into officers that are being able to be put on the street much sooner than otherwise would be possible. I apply and I, I have to take a test, right? You do. So during the, the, the course of the background investigation, before it's complete, you're going to have to take a test. It's called the NTN, uh, which is uh, recognized 
across the nation. And you're going to you're going to take that test. You're going to get a you're going to receive a score that is necessary to be able to proceed. And once you've gotten that piece done, you're going to be assigned to one of our background investigators. That background investigator is going to ask you to complete a form called a PHQ, a personal history questionnaire. It's going to ask for a variety of pieces of information. We don't want to know where you've lived, who you've lived with, your associates, your friends. We need to know a variety of background of what has made you you, right? And why have those experiences uh, brought you to a place where you're going to be a viable officer for the street uh, for the streets of Portland? So once that is done, once you've gotten through the background investigation, we have a couple of other things that we want to make sure that we've vetted to the best of our ability. Uh, a psychological evaluation. You're going to go and meet with one of our professional psychologists. They're going to ask you a variety of questions that are going to be built kind of off of your PHQ. They're going to, they're going to look at the, the life that you've lived, and they want to make sure that you are a good decision maker. That's one of the, the keynotes of being a police officer is that we want people that are making good decisions in their own life because we're asking to, for them to make uh, huge gravity gravitational uh, decisions for other people. So once you've gotten through the psychological evaluation, we're going to have you uh, sent to go do a medical test. We want to ensure that your body is in good working order and are able to physically do the demands of the job. Once that's all been accomplished, we submit that entire packet all the way up through the chain of command uh, where we have uh, a variety of uh, levels, both uh, sergeant, captain, lieutenant, uh, assistant chief, and then chief. Make sure that this is actually somebody that we want to be a part of our organization. So there are many layers and a lot of litmus tests that are going to be passed to ensure that this is somebody that we actually want to be able to serve in our ranks. Once that's accomplished, we get them to come inside, we swear them in, and then just like the chief said, we we hopefully send them off to D. PSST in a timely manner. And and to say, you know, that we've actually taken a look at that process and I know that we've we've tried to take out gaps and make it as efficient as possible. It's but it's still a process. Um, but it's I think what where we get the candidates that will be successful police officers as well. I think it's really necessary, right? There's a huge expectation uh, in our community that we have people that are going to, again, be really good decision makers. So it's important that we make a really good and sometimes lengthy decision in the effort of bringing them on board, because we don't want to bring people in that are going to be bad decision makers that are going to represent us in a negative way. And so, Chief, you know, there's also an expectation that we build a diverse workforce as well. Yeah, and that's important. We want a, a workforce and an organization that reflects the community. I think you have to, like Trevor said, go to places where you're likely to find that diversity. That That's uh, a challenge here in Oregon in a lot of ways, too. So I think we have to be mindful of places and arenas and uh, relationships, too, that we can leverage to, to find diversity. And I think, uh, you know, as long as I've been here, I've heard, you know, we want more diversity, we want more diversity, and we've had varying degrees of success of bringing on that diversity, but I think you have to be very mindful of of, um, of where you go to actually to contact people. And sometimes it's, it's not the traditional places you've gone in the past, the job fairs, the colleges. Sometimes it might be affinity groups or online forums or, um, you know, places like that where you can really reach out and make some connections. So what do you say to our community that's listening to us? How, I mean, how can they help us? Well, I think first and foremost, one, it's important for them to know that we want to to be fully staffed. We want to have good people working here, serving uh, the people in the community. Um, and if you know someone who's interested, please definitely um, have them look into our website, have them contact someone who uh, who might 
work at the police bureau or someone they know. Um, we, we do want to have people, too, who are from Portland and who um, are familiar with the Portland community, too. So uh, we want to expand our efforts but not uh, lose sight of the fact that we do you know, want people from the community working here as well. Absolutely. I, I'm being, I'm born and raised here in the city of Portland. I, it was my dream to come and be able to serve my community. And I'm thankful for that opportunity. And I think that every time that we get in, every officer gets into a conversation with somebody where it's a meaningful conversation. I don't think that it is beyond the realm of possibility. And, and honestly should probably be one of the things that we do is talk about why we are here. What is it that we're here? Cause it's more than a paycheck. It's that we actually get to contribute to the overall livelihood of the people that we work around. And I think that we are, we are in, in the community every single day. Every single demographic gets touched by officers every single day. So to equip our officers with, you know, just kind of remembering the bullet points of what makes this job so great is so essential. Uh, we have a four-day work week. That's incredible. We have amazing uh, health benefits. We have a pension. We have uh, really great compensation for the work that we do. There's a variety of things that I think are really incredible about this job. And we haven't even gotten into the realm of we actually make a difference. Like it's not just about showing up every day. It's that we're going to get an opportunity to intrinsically change somebody's lives, hopefully in a positive way. I think that's a really meaningful thing to be able to share and hopefully be able to be a part of. Yeah, you get to do some work that has purpose and meaning. I mean, we see people in such a variety of different situations doing this work, and you have the opportunity to give a little bit of yourself and help them. And I think a lot of people I talk to who want to come into this profession or are in this profession, it's because they want to help people at the end of the day. And I think this is a great place to do it. So I'm going to say, why Portland? I mean, I won't mention any other city, but why, why Portland? Yeah, you know, I think it matters. To me, I always wanted to work somewhere where it was a challenge. You know, you could go work at a smaller place or someplace that you know, has less calls or is easier or is, you know, different in some way or another. But to me, I wanted to be somewhere where there was purpose and meaning and I felt like my work and my presence was making a difference. And I think, you know, here uh, locally, Portland is, is the place to do it. And also, I think it's important for people to realize, you know, we're we're a changing agency. We've been making changes for the last decade plus. Uh, we've been working with uh, Department of Justice through our settlement agreement. A lot of the things that we've done in the last 10 years have really moved us forward in policing, uh, 21st century policing. We've got uh, some of the best training. And I think it's important for people to know that we're you know, we're an agency that is constantly evolving and looking to change and get better. And I think some of the things you'll, you'll see us rolling out uh, this year will continue to show that. Just to piggyback on that, I think uh, size is a difference for us as well. With size comes opportunity. And I think that a variety of opportunities that are not going to be afforded uh, officers at smaller agencies are going to be afforded here. And although some of those opportunities have maybe shrunk a little bit, I believe that the growth on the horizon is tremendous. So I think that right now, intervening and getting into this agency is going to be ideal because you're going to be able to be the ground floor of opportunity. It's like the stock market of 2008, if you will, right? I remember <laughs> we all remember that. It took a nosedive there in 2008. And my friends that took their money out in 2008 are still paying the, the price for it. However, those that stayed in and invested in, they have they have benefited from the skyrocketing effect. And I believe that we are on the precipice of a skyrocketing effect, especially in the city of Portland. 
And I, I think it's worthwhile to, to mention, too, that, you know, we're not talking sworn officer opportunities, too. We now have public safety support specialists who are unarmed, out serving the community. And we have a host of um, professional staff jobs, too, that are non-sworn uh, serving and supporting uh, the police bureau. And those jobs are available also. And those are jobs we want to fill with good people as well. You know, you talk about recruiting others, but how did you get here? And were there things along your career that has impacted you to become the person that you are today? Yeah. Uh, Shameless plug. uh, Our cadet program uh, was one of the most influential things that brought me here. I got to be a cadet for the better part of four years, and that was incredible being able to still Go to to school and kind of pursue my education, but at the same time be able to kind of dip my toe into what the police world looked like. Uh, But I do recall one call where I was in North Portland working a night shift, and we got a call of a, a young child that was found outside of a motel along Airport Way. He uh, was in his pajamas. He uh, was deaf. He was blind, and he was mute, and uh, he was terrified. And I remember getting there and uh, the manager was like, oh, we don't know what to do. Like, uh, we believe that maybe this child belongs in our hotel, but we don't know. Somebody, one of our nighttime janitors just found this guy. And I remember, uh, you know, uh, holding this this young boy's hand and he was just utterly terrified. Um, and so I was like, all right, what we're going to do is we're going to start knocking on every single door in this hotel because I believe that this child belongs in this hotel. And, uh, and I just held this boy's hand and I had a couple of other officers come and we went and we knocked on every single door. And then uh, one of the, the last doors that we knocked on, this was where this boy belonged. His parents uh, let us know that he's been sleepwalking lately and he, he had come out of the room. He had gone down the hallway by himself in the middle of the night. And it was incredible to watch as his mother uh, came and held her son. It was watching that transition of this boy was terrified to this, per- this person was home. And um, recognizing that that was, that was something that we got to play a part in. That boy's story could have ended any number of ways that night, but it ended with reconciliation with this family. And that is the goal. And a lot of our calls that we go to, there's hardship and there are things that are uncertain, but our goal and our hope is always for reconciliation and is for hope uh, for the next part of uh, every person's life. Um, and that's that's incredible job that I get to be a part of every day. Okay, Trevor, join PortlandPolice.com. What's what's your last pitch out there? I'm listening. I'm I'm on the edge. Well, I'd like for you to jump in. Uh, we are ready and willing and excited for you to come be a part of this team and see exactly why so many of us want to do this day in and day out. I think the opportunities of being able to be on ride-alongs is hopefully going to come back uh, soon uh, as we kind of face the challenges of the world around us. But I think that's one of the best ways to be able to experience and recognize why this is such a beneficial job is to be able to view it through the eyes of an officer that is responding to calls so that you can that you can share in uh, both the joy of service and the excitement of the unknown. We don't know what every day brings to us. And that's one of the the best and biggest appeals to this job is that one day will never look like the next. There is going to be a variety of experiences that you're going to be able to have. And it will be uh, a cornucopia of experiences. And that's what you want at the end of your life is to be able to have a variety of experiences that are going to make you who you are. So we always end our podcast by embracing our stereotypes. And Chief, I'm not even going to ask you what your favorite donut is. I know it's jelly. That's the, it's just that's so messy. I just I, I don't even want to go there. But Trevor, I'm so curious what your favorite donut is. I'm a maple bacon 
bar guy all the way. And I like it from a variety of donut shops, but I must say that Joe's Donuts out in Sandy's gonna be number one. Not, not sponsored by this podcast. Not a paid sponsor. <laughs> Thanks for coming, you guys. You're yeah. welcome. Thanks, Thanks for doing this. Oh, man. This is great. <laughs> Thanks for listening to The Talking Beat. Do you have a question for us? You can call and leave a message on our dedicated voicemail line at 971-339-8868 or send us an email to talkingbeat at portlandoregon.gov. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends. More episodes can be found at our website, portlandoregon.gov slash police slash podcast.